Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States of America. To stand up against the poison of white supremacy as I did my inaugural address to a single out as the most dangerous terrorist threat to our homeland is white supremacy. And I'm not saying this because I'm at a black HBCU. I say it wherever I go. This has been the President of the United States of America. May God have mercy on our souls. Stu does America. Head to blazetv.com slash stew and subscribe to Blaze TV. We've got a big special coming up this week. Don't miss it. You'll save 10 bucks with a code stew. A big special on the Biden stuff, on the Durham report, a lot more. Coming up with Glenn on Thursday night. It's a big deal. Don't miss that one. If you haven't subscribed yet, blazetv.com slash stew. Make sure to subscribe to YouTube as well. Uh, John da Daniel Davidson from The Federalist is going to be here to give us his take on the whole Durham report and the state of the FBI. I've got a few of the covers, yeah, of the new Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. Oh, you're going to love them. Your eyes aren't going to love them so much necessarily, but you're going to love them in your heart. But we start by doing the Durham report. Yes, finally, it's here right on time for the 2020 election. And uh, I wonder if that's going to change the outcome of that particular election. We will see uh, in the future. Durham report sharply criticizes FBI's 2016 Trump campaign probe. And this is something, of course, Trump said from the very beginning that this was, uh, you know, the deep state coming after him. And, uh, you know, they, they, there was a lot of forces working behind the scenes to try to sink his presidency. Uh, they said this over and over again. Of course, we got the dossier, which came out, uh, which is initially uh, posted by BuzzFeed, but had been making all of the circles around the media for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks beforehand. And we're learning a lot more about that. But let us not forget that the media didn't want you to think that the dossier was fake, that it was a bunch of uh, hastily uh, you know, compiled opposition research based on nothing. They wanted you to know that it was really corroborated, and they said this over and over and over and over again. Investigators have corroborated part of the uh, dossier. The dossier has been corroborated by the intelligence community. U.S. investigators have corroborated some of the allegations in that dossier. Yes. Although We do know that parts of it have been corroborated. It's not been corroborated, but it hasn't been disproven either. Is there anything in the dossier that has been disproven? No. But not one thing has been disproven. No major thing from the dossier has been conclusively disproven. To date, none of it has been disproven, and whole big parts of it are holding up. The dossier um, holds up well. None of it has been disproven. All of the allegations in it, I don't know that anything has been disproven. It's a fact that none of it, not one word, has been disproven. In fact, a lot of it turned out to be right on the money. Mm, remember that era? Wasn't that a lot of fun? Of course, Rachel Maddow might have been the most smug and annoying about this. Just wild conspiracy theories constantly flying with no evidence. All these crazy authors coming on, telling these fake stories. It was a really a weird, weird time. Over, over time, it, it felt, uh, you know, it wasn't as intense maybe on the left. But remember, they tried to essentially impeach him over related charges. They went after him with the Mueller report the entire time and on and on and on and on and on. They went to try to tr uh, sink Trump's. Uh, presidency. Now, I don't know. Did anybody, did any sane person really sit back and think, I really think he's been, he was a Russian asset since the 80s, as some of these places were writing. I don't know if they really believed it or if they just wanted to sink his presidency. 
I don't know. It never made any sense to me and uh, many people on the right. I just, you know, I, the problem is I guess you lock yourself into this argument, right? Like you go down this road, you say, I, we know he's a Russian asset. And then when evidence comes out showing the other side of that, maybe showing that your opinion is wrong, you're kind of locked into it. I mean, that's what it seems like with a lot of these people. They're still defending this even after this report has come out. Don't fall for it. Legal expert flags Durham reports glaring omissions. A big fat nothing. Legal experts say bogus. John Durham report proves he's failed miserably. MSNBC, despite reality, Trump pretends the Durham report wasn't a dud. Trump weaponizes FBI Russia report. He demanded to keep fighting the election that never ends. You see, first of all, it's, it's conservatives' fault. See, Trump was weaponizing this. That's what he was doing. Uh, he was weaponizing the accusations that he was a Russian asset against him. Uh, he was using those allegations against the media. And also, the election that never ends. You guys ran like 900 investigations into this. I, what do you mean? You're the one saying that you're disappointed it never ends? You guys complained about it for four years while he was president. You do remember that, right? Uh, Durham report fails to deliver knockout blow for Trump. Durham probe ends as it began, pointing at trees to obscure the forest. I mean, the lengths they will go to to defend their narrative. It's, it's honestly impressive. It's honestly impressive. There's no, there's no part of their brains that make them feel awkward saying something that is blatantly untrue. They'll just say it, and they don't have any, they have no shame. And there's something to admire about that. Um, not, not a lot, but something. FBI accused of failures, but key report finds no deep state plot against Trump. The Durham report and the inevitable end of Fox's anti-Muller farce, says the Fox-obsessed and connected media matters. John Durham spent four years trying to uncover an anti-Trump witch hunt, and he got Nothing. Of course, it wasn't just the news headlines that did this. Everyone went on TV today and spouted the same sort of nonsense. Let's start with CNN and someone very involved in all of this from the beginning, Andrew McCabe. We knew from the very beginning exactly what John Durham was going to conclude, and uh. that's what we saw today. We knew from the very beginning this was never a legitimate investigation. Uh. This was a political errand to exact some sort of retribution on Donald Trump's perceived enemies in the How? FBI. That's what Mr. Durham has done. Oh. And you stand by the original Russia investigation? Absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, the mistakes with the Carter Page FISA were, were regrettable, oh. should never have happened. Well, and had I known about those mistakes in the packages, I never would have signed those applications. <laughs> and shame oh. on us for not knowing. Yeah, shame on you for so many, uh, so many things. So this was a political errand uh, for Trump. Like, why wasn't it released in 2020 then? Why did they wait till 2023? I mean, if anything, maybe they should have waited until 2024 at this point. Uh, maybe that would have helped him. But why, why in 2023 in an off election year? And uh, why would it's just the, the worst political errand of all time? Uh, how about uh, Republican conservative Joe Scarborough, who I'm, I'm, I hope you still, uh, you know, you still believe that description of him. Here he is on MSNBC talking about uh, Durham. The only good news is at least his 40-year taxpayer-funded boondoggle that was funded by working Americans paying him to walk through the fevered swamps of Trumpism is over. 
And Durham has nothing but a tarnished reputation to show for it. But it underlines again the fact. And Willie, if you listen to what people are saying about this report on the Trump right, it underlines the fact that, well, they just, they hate the FBI. They've turned the premier law enforcement organization uh, into a political punching bag that they say they wanted to fund. They wanted to fund the people that protect us from terrorists, that protect us from gangs, that protect us from the people who are actively trying to kill uh, us every day. It's just, it's, it's absolutely exactly crazy. Mm-hmm. And this whole report, what was it to do? It was to trash the FBI. It was to investigate the investigators. It went on longer than the underlying investigation. <laughs> Four years, millions and millions of dollars, and nothing to show for it. Nothing. But some really bad, humiliating headlines for pro-Trump newspapers. I mean, what, what world uh, is this? I, I don't understand. By the way, uh, Joe Scarborough still on hiatus from his national radio show. At any point, he's going to be able to figure out how to add that extra hour, and he'll be back on the air. You just wait for that. Still a hiatus period, though, years and years later. Uh, MSNBC had more to talk about. Here's Andrew Weissman, their legal analyst. For those people who think, oh, everybody does it, you know, the Democrats do it, the Republicans do it, everybody's up to no good and shenanigans, mm. there really is just, that's just not true. There is a, not. There is a false equivalency a false. because you have an enormous amount number of cases which were proved Trump, where there, as you pointed out, there are convictions mm-hmm. where there is a there there. Russia interfered in the 2016 mm-hmm. oh, election. Okay. They're continuing to interfere. Um, there are people who've gone to jail who are rightly found guilty. And what you have with John Durham mm. is, like, it's a big, fat nothing. And it reminds oh. me of the sort of weaponization um, hearings mm-hmm. that are going on, where there also is, they're just falling flat on their face because there is no there there. Mm, just nothing. They can't find anything. Well, let's look at the document. We went through it. Let's uh, show it to you. Here it is. This is the uh, Durham report. Let me give you a couple of highlights here, and we'll talk more about the details in the next segment as well. But let me give you some of the highlights here. You tell me if there's nothing at all. Now, you notice all these clips that I played of people analyzing it don't tell you anything about what's in it. They just say there's nothing in it. The, of course, indication there is that you shouldn't bother reading it because if you read it, you'll get nothing. But is that true? Let's go through some of it. Um, This is uh, talking about the investigation into Donald Trump and how it began. The matter was opened as a full investigation without ever having spoken to the persons who provided the information. Just think Just think about that statement. The people who provided the information didn't even get a conversation before they opened the investigation on Trump and his campaign. Further, the FBI did so, started the investigation without, one, any significant review of its own intelligence databases. Two, collection and examination of any relevant intelligence from other U.S. intelligence entities. Three, Interviews of witnesses essential to understand the raw information it had received or for using any of the standard analytical tools typically employed by the FBI in evaluating raw intelligence. Does that sound like a thorough beginning to an investigation where you try to figure something out to see if it's worthwhile? And again, this isn't just some investigation. It's an investigation on one of the presidential candidates in the middle of an election. 
you have no evidence. You don't even bother to talk to the people providing your no evidence. You don't even look in your own databases. You don't even check your own sources. Nothing, not one thing. As uh, the Durham report goes on, had it done so, any of those things we just dis discussed, again, as set out in sections, uh, blah, 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 the FBI would have learned that their own experienced Russia analyst had no information about Trump being involved with Russian leadership officials, nor were others in sensitive positions at the CIA, the NSA, and the Department of State aware of such evidence concerning the subject. That might make you pause and think maybe this information that came directly from Democrat operatives is not reliable, considering we have absolutely nothing to back it up. And of course, to be fair to them, they didn't know they had nothing to back it up because they didn't look. But this is a nothing burger, boys and girls. Uh, further, our investigation determined that the Crossfire Hurricane investigators did not and could not corroborate any of the substantial, substantive, substantive allegations contained in the Steele reporting, nor was Steele able to produce corroboration for any of the reported allegations, even after being offered $1 million or more by the FBI for such corroboration. So Steele whips up this fakey report. He, no one in the uh, in, uh, in intelligence uh, apparatus can back it up. They go to Steele and say, hey, we really want to see if this is true. We'll give you a million dollars if you can prove it. And he couldn't prove any of it. When's the last time someone offered you a million dollars for anything? I mean, it's, I mean, if you could prove it, you probably would at that point, right? Okay, let me tell you a little bit about, let me give you a little bit of an example of how pathetic the, uh, the work was here uh, from the FBI. Perhaps the most damning allegation in the Steele dossier reports was company report 2016-95, which Steele attributed to source E. Source E uh, is the, uh, the source. This is one of Danchenko. He's the guy who brought Steele a lot of this information. Uh, and in one of his supposed subsources, when interviewed by Crossfire Hurricane investors in uh, investigators in late January 2017, Dan Shanko said that Source E sounded like it might be Trump supporter Sergey Million. Danchenko then stated he never actually met Million. So the information comes from a guy who says the information came from another guy, but those two people never met. Hmm. How did that happen? Well, they went on and just if you ju I mean, I can't even get over how ridiculous this is. He said in late J uh, July 2016, he received an anonymous call from a person who did not identify himself, but who spoke with a Russian accent. I kid you not. This is really in the report. Danchenko further explained that he thought it might have been million after watching a YouTube video of millions <laughs> of millions speaking. Are you kidding me? This is an FBI investigation. It is absolutely a disgrace. And I will be clear, not everyone did what MSNBC and, you know, CNN and all these cra crazy sources did. Not everybody was completely irresponsible with this. There were some that were not. Now, 
uh, Andy McCarthy, who is, uh, he works for National Review, but he can be a Trump critic at times as well. Let me give you his summary because I think it's important. You can find a lot of people who just love Trump on everything who are going to tell you this is the, you know, the most damning thing of all time. Andy McCarthy's not that guy. If, if it's nothing, he'll tell you it's nothing. Here's what he says. Perusing the report, I find it impossible to draw any other conclusion than that the FBI and the Obama administration more broadly did not ignore intelligence about Clinton's strategy because uh, she provided this information but rather that the law enforcement and intelligence apparatus of the United States government knowingly abetted Clinton's implementation of the strategy. That is a hell of a charge coming from Andy McCarthy, who, again, is not a guy who's going to uh, blindly support everything that Donald Trump does. Another guy who, uh, to say the least, does not blindly support everything that Trump does is Jake Tapper. Here's what he had to say. Regardless, the report is now here. It has dropped. And it might not have produced everything of what some Republicans hoped for. It is, regardless, devastating to the FBI. And to a degree, it does exonerate Donald Trump. Hmm. Never thought those words would come out of anyone on CNN's mouth. And I will say, to to Tapper's credit, this is one of the things that I think is different about Jake Tapper than some of the other crappy journalists we talk about all the time. He, uh, a lot of times, leans left. A lot of times, I mean, he definitely does not like Donald Trump at all. But he does have a line most of the people on TV these days don't even have a line. They'll just defend their side no matter what. This one's so obvious that this is bad for the FBI and does actually exonerate Donald Trump and support many of his statements. Yes, a lot of times he made them in bombastic fashion, and sometimes he said things that were over the line, even for what this report has said. But generally speaking, uh, he's on the winning side of this, and it's pretty darn clear, even to Jake Tapper, who admitted it the other day. Now, Nicole Wallace is another story. Nicole Wallace will say, will never admit anything uh, that Trump did, could possibly be anything other than from the mouth of Satan. But she phrased something in a way here uh, that I thought was interesting coming off of the Durham report. This is Nicole Wallace. Uh, She's on uh, MSNBC. Um, I want to, I've started flipping through it. I mean, it really does read like a Hannity rundown, Frank Figluzzi. I want to ask you to just weigh in on what the appropriate role is of a four-year investigation and a 400-page report chasing, you know, the sort of squirrel-fueled conspiracy theories that permeated the right, particularly after Mr. Horowitz is deemed, after many reviews, Trump fired every IG except three, I believe, and Horowitz was one of the three. So an IG that, that, that is on Trump's radar, he talked about him all the time, and comes out and finds proper predication and no bias in the opening of the Russia investigation in 2019. Um, Andrew's just reminded me that Garland was asked in his confirmation hearing by uh, Senate Republicans if the Durham probe would continue. Actually, let me let me play. All right, um, the frothy. Go through a whole segment here, but you get the point. Um, first of all, what is a squirrel-fueled conspiracy theory? I don't I don't know. Is that a term I'm unfamiliar with? A squirrel-fueled? I, I, I don't understand what that means, but I will say. The Nicole Wallace thing, she points out at the beginning, it sounded like a, a Hannity rundown. And that's like the ultimate knock to someone on MSNBC, right? It's just some Hannity conspiracy theory. But when the official report comes down and it sounds like a Hannity conspiracy or a Hannity rundown or a Hannity monologue or a Glenn Beck monologue or, you know, a Tucker Carlson monologue, maybe the reaction isn't to denounce the official report, but to realize that those guys were actually just right before. Maybe... Your take on this has been wrong the entire time, and maybe it's time to do a little bit of soul-searching here. 
Look, you can say that, you know, that I don't know what you would say after reading this report, honestly. I mean, it was obviously this this whole thing was started under false pretenses. It came through the Clinton campaign and quite clearly was known by people like Barack Obama and Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton leading into this. I don't know how you spin this, honestly, in your mind. But is there ever a moment of self-reflection? Do you ever step back, step back and say, hey, wait a minute. We've been be- we've been BSing people with this Russia thing this entire time. And I mean, clearly this wasn't right. Is there ever a moment where that hits you? I mean, for some people, there is that. You know, I mentioned Jake Tapper. For some people, there is that moment. And, and that's good. We should encourage those people. But for people like Nicole Wallace and the entire collection of headlines that I hit here before, I don't think that moment ever comes. And that's I mean, it's just, what the hell are you in this business for? Honestly, like, what are you doing with yourself? Don't you want to come here and don't you want to understand the truth? Want to understand what's going on in the world? Really? You're just going to sit back and defend your ground no matter what, even when all this information continually slaps you in the face like a tortilla and a TikTok meme over and over and over and over again? That never happens for you? I guess not. I guess not. Uh, John Daniel Davidson is from The Federalist. He's going to give us more on the Durham Report coming up next. Uh, let me tell you about the best in skincare. It's GenuCell. They've upgraded their most popular package to feature their top-selling deep-firming vitamin C serum plus ultra-retinol moisturizer with natural retinol alternative. That's a mouthful, I will say, but it's doing a lot of good things for you. And right now, you can take advantage of this limited-time package upgrade for 70% off. Why, you know, go, don't go get work done on your face. You don't need to do that. You got GenuCell. GenuCell Secret is a family recipe for over 20 years that makes it safe for all skin types and perfect for both men and women. It's made by compounding pharmacists in small batches and is always safe, cruelty-free, and natural. Um, my wife gave some GenuCell to a friend of hers, and she's just been raving uh, over the stuff. Uh, people love uh, GenuCell as a gift, and now you can get it for uh, 70% off. Go to GenuCell.com slash stew. GenuCell's most popular package features both the GenuCell Ultra Retinol and GenuCell Firming Serum. Don't wait. GenuCell.com slash stew. Get a complimentary spa essentials box with every order. Now, uh, plus a free upgrade to priority shipping. Just get all the details on the website. It's GenuCell.com slash stew. G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash stew. I want to bring in John Daniel Davidson. He's a senior editor at The Federalist and the author of the new piece. The Durham report leaves no doubt the FBI is a mortal threat to democracy. I'll tweet out a link to the story. Make sure to check it out. John, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, John, do you believe that this is reality? Like I, I, you look at the details of all of this and it's, it's, it feels like a bad thriller novel. Yeah, it's not only a mortal mortal threat to democracy. But what the FBI attempted here is it amounts to a soft coup. They wanted to prevent Donald Trump from ever becoming president, and they were willing to leverage all of the power at their disposal as the preeminent federal law enforcement agency in order to do that. Not just the FBI. The CIA was involved in this, the Obama White House, the Department of Justice. This is really harrowing stuff when you actually dig into the report and you realize how many people knew what was going on and said nothing and went along with it. Let's dive into that a little bit here, John, because this is a it's a situation where like 
when all this was going on, obviously Donald Trump is out there saying, you know, you know, he summarizes things. He kind of goes off, uh, you know, off script a little bit at times. And, right. and I think a lot of people just looked at him and said, all right, well, Donald Trump's just saying a bunch of stuff. And then here we are, you know, seven years later, and this report lays it out. Yes, Clinton knew. Yes, Clinton started this. Yes, Obama knew. Yes, the FBI and the CIA were, was involved. I mean, this is, it really is mind-blowing that all of this went on, and it doesn't seem like anybody's going to pay any price for it. No, they're not. And that, that's really the scary thing, because this happened in 2016, leading up in the summer of 2016 is when this whole thing started, leading into the fall election season. And it was a really concerted push, a coordinated effort, really at the highest levels of federal law enforcement and in the intelligence community to undermine the Trump campaign and prevent him from being elected. They didn't want him to be president. They didn't care what the American people wanted or how they voted, they were going to try to stop this thing. But they didn't learn their lesson because in 2020, we saw the same, some, in some cases, the same people were at it again, trying to kill the Hunter Biden story, trying to use the CIA as a political weapon against the Trump campaign, trying to insulate the Biden campaign from any bad news, especially the Hunter Biden news. Uh, and so, you know, it, the same people are going to keep doing this until, until somebody stops them. Yeah. And that's what's, really disturbing here because you look at the FBI in particular, but you can look at any of these uh, institutions. And of course, we expect there to be some problems. We expect there to everything not to run perfectly. That, you know, okay, you know, as a skeptic, skeptic of big government institutions from the beginning, that's, that's kind of how I see things anyway. But right. like, this is goes farther. This is not just incompetence. This is this was a willful attempt to try to sink a presidential candidate that was fueled by his opponent. Yeah. And they all just went along with this and denied it for years and years. What can you possibly do to fix this? Well, these agencies have too much power. You, you have to, if you don't disband the FBI entirely, you have to so drastically reform it that it doesn't have the ability to do this kind of thing. You know, one of the big things that we never talk about is how the FBI changed after 9-11. It went from essentially a federal agency that was committed to law enforcement to a federal agency that conducted counterintelligence operations. We have to go back to the pre-9-11 footing for the, for the FBI because they have proven now in two different election cycles, they cannot help themselves but to interfere in our presidential elections. And they will keep doing it unless we completely reform the agency top to bottom and, and make it so that they can't conduct these kinds of counterintelligence operations. We would be better off if foreign governments actually were just sort of trying to infiltrate presidential campaigns than, than we are with the FBI and the CIA and the Department of Justice actively interfering with our elections the way the Durham report shows that they were. Yeah, I mean, because our government seems to be really good at interfering with the elections. <laughs> at least the Russians suck at it. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, at least, that's right. <laughs> at least there's that. Um, so, because Joe, we played a clip from uh, Joe Scarborough earlier in the show, and I'm sorry, audience, for doing that to you, but there was a uh, there was a clip where he was saying, like, yes, the, you know what, the right now, they just hate the FBI. They don't, they hate our law enforcement officials. They, they want us to be attacked by terrorists or whatever the, he keeps going on and on and on. And like, look, I think as conservatives, we have looked in the past at the FBI with more favorably than the left used to. And, you know, honestly, like I know that the FBI has some important jobs. You just mentioned some of it, real enforcement. But like we this is insane. 
we cannot continue to expand the scope of this agency and all these other agencies and go down this road where clearly they can't control themselves. And now this is multiple elections in a row. And this seems to be now, I think, something central to not only the, the presidential campaign that's upcoming, but also the Republican primary. It's going to be very interesting to see where these guys come out on this. Oh, you, the, the primary has got to deal with this 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 issue. It should be one of the top issues that the candidates get asked, what are they going to do about the FBI? What are they going to do about an out-of-control Justice Department? Merrick Garland has clearly weaponized the Department of Justice. It is being used to attack the Democrats' political enemies, and it will be used to attack the Republican nominee in 2024. So we have to talk about this. We have to get real about how much power these agencies have and how mendacious they are toward our democracy. These agencies go on and on talking about misinformation and disinformation and threats to democracy. They're the number one purveyors of misinformation and disinformation. They're the number one threats to democracy we face right now. And so any Republican who's serious about the nomination and who's serious about actually speaking to Republican voters, which who are very concerned about this, had better have something to say about this, all of this, beyond, oh, we support law enforcement. Those days are over for the Republican Party. Mm. Um, yet, John, I am told uh, by many media sources that there was nothing in this report. This was a nothing burger. We got uh, four years of investigation and nothing came out of it. I mean, the media really is aligned behind that narrative with a couple of uh, notable exceptions, like Jake Tapper, for example, but very few that have come. They're just trying to hope that this can be memory hold. Is this the type of thing that the American people is, are going to just roll by and say, well, everybody's doing it and we can't even pay attention to it? Or are people going to pay attention? Some people are going to pay attention, and, and a lot of those people are Republican primary voters, the most engaged members of the Republican Party. Look, the media, members of the media that are dismissing this, Joe Scarborough, the New York Times, people like this were the number one pushers of the Russia collusion hoax themselves. They are the ones that peddled this misinformation. They were the handmaidens of the intelligence community during these years in question. They went all in on what amounted to outlandish conspiracy theories. Uh, they completely abandoned all journalistic ethics and standards. They should never be taken seriously again. And if unless Jake Tapper comes out and says, mea culpa, mea culpa, I was one of the chief purveyors of the Russia collusion hoax, he shouldn't even be taken seriously anymore. So, of course, the media that is implicated in this report is going to dismiss it. That's the last thing they want to talk about. They would like very much to move on. The American people should never forget and never trust the media again on this stuff. Mm. Yeah, let me go. Let's go through a couple of, of names here, because Rachel Maddow is one that comes to mind who was, mm. I mean, really the most prominent left wing voice in media, I mean, arguably. And here she is on TV every night going deeper and deeper into radical conspiracy theories. Yep. She needs to answer for this. Jonathan Chait is another one who, who theorized about uh, you know, uh, Donald Trump being an active agent since the 1980s uh, <laughs> for Russia. Uh, I mean, and, and, and another one, I think maybe most importantly, is Adam Schiff, uh, who yeah. outwardly said he had secret intelligence that no one else had seen, but he knew it was true. He couldn't quite tell you about it. And now we find out that that was not true at all. I mean, if anyone has consequences here, it should be Adam Schiff. 
Adam Schiff, and let's not forget the role that John Brennan played. He was the director of the CIA at the time the Crossfire Hurricane was launched. That's the name of the FBI investigation into the Trump campaign. He is the one who briefed the president and the vice and Vice President Joe Biden, by the way, we should also note, who knew about this as early as August of 2016. John Brennan, as my colleague David Harsani at The Federalist wrote this morning, if anybody deserves to be in prison, it's John Brennan. And, you know, David and and I am the same way. I'm not a lock her up type, but if there's one official that actually should be in prison for his role in all of this, it's John Brennan who lied, who 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 was behind the Hunter laptop, uh, Hunter Biden laptop letter in 2020, uh, 2020. So he didn't learn his lesson. Uh, he knew along with all of Obama administration top officials, that this whole scheme was cooked up by the Hillary Clinton campaign. And yet they said nothing. They did nothing. They ignored exculpatory evidence and they allowed the F these radical FBI agents to proceed with what amounted to a soft attempted coup against the Trump campaign. It, 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 it's, it would be unbelievable if it hadn't really happened. Yeah, you know, and you bring up Brennan, and it's it's such a good point because the, Brennan is the maybe the central uh, figure here in a lot of ways, and he's also central into the point, or the reasoning why we do need consequences here somehow. We have to come up with something because John. The reason why John Brennan is doing this in 2020 is because he had already gotten away with it in 2016. Yeah, he, he knew he could do this, and nobody would pay attention. So he did. Now he's done it twice, and if he has no. Uh, ramifications from that, he will be involved in another situation after this. We have to have some ramifications for these people. Yeah, like I said, it should be a number one issue that's talked about in the Republican primary. But Republicans in Congress right now need to keep hammering away on this. And part of the reason they have to is because the media is not going to cover it. The, the stories that you saw yesterday and today about the Durham report will be the last mention of any of this in The New York Times or The Washington Post or on CNN. They would like very much to move on. It's up to Republicans in Congress who have the control of some of these committees to keep uh, pushing on this and to keep investigating so that it can be an issue, not only in the 2024 election, but so that outlets like the Federalists or like the Blaze can keep reporting on it and keep informing Americans who actually want to know what their their government did to them in 2016 and 2020 and what the government will try to do again in 2024. Um, this can't be something that we let go. It's actually still happening. We just got news the other day that uh, the Department of Justice removed all of the IRS agents who were working on the Hunter Biden tax case within the IRS. Mm. Uh, and the entire operation was shut down surreptitiously. Uh, so the, the machinations of the permanent regime in Washington continue. And uh, I hope it doesn't take something like another Durham report in another three or four years for us to find out, uh, because our, our our, our republic really is at stake. The self-governing democracy that we that we think that we have is on the line with this stuff, and so we can't it can't we can't let it go. Yeah, and I wonder that IRS thing seems so erratic. Uh, firing all these people, it's the type of thing that you wonder if it blows up into something much much bigger here over the next year or two. Uh, John Daniel Davidson, senior editor for the Federalist, be sure to give his new piece a read. It's the Durham report leaves no doubt the FBI is a mortal threat to democracy. Of course, I would always recommend read anything from David. Harsani as well on this. Uh, check it out on Twitter and uh, on my Twitter feed as well. We'll make sure we tweet it out. John, thanks so much for coming on the program. Thanks for having me.
you know, buying or selling a home is already one of the most stressful things you could do. And, uh, you know, it can be a lot worse when you're not working with the right agent. Generally speaking, our homes are our biggest investment. It's like your retirement usually. People, you know, that's where they put their money these days. And if you don't have the right real estate agent, you could be losing out on major chunks of that money. You need the best price going in and the best price on the other side as well. And you need realestateagentsitrust.com. They work with only the best agents in every market. They do their homework. They talk to every agent before inviting them to join the network. It's a long process for them. It takes them weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks to get through this. For you, though, it's free and it's easy. Just go to realestateagentsitrust.com, provide some basic info, and the team will contact you to make an introduction to the preferred agent in your town. It's realestateagentsitrust.com, realestateagentsitrust.com. Well, the new swimsuit edition is coming out from Sports Illustrated, and gone are the days of Prime L. McPherson on the cover of, uh, of the swimsuit edition. In fact, we're not even getting, like, today, L. McPherson on the cover of the swimsuit edition, which would be much, much better than what we actually did get. What we did get, first of all, was Martha Stewart... Yes, Martha Stewart. Do we have the cover of the Martha Stewart swim? There it is. Uh, wow. Now, she is the cover model, 81 years old. Now, look, for 81 years old, she looks great. Like, nothing wrong with it. And, you know, I, there are a lot of magazines that probably do feature 80-year-olds in swimsuits. That's not what the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition is supposed to be. I don't know what they're going for here exactly. Over and over again, we're told that the things that people actually do want in a product are wrong and evil. You're not supposed to. Don't, don't look at women in bikinis on your, uh, on your uh, beer advertising. That's wrong. Of course, putting women in bikinis in Sports Illustrated is empowering for some reason. Now, there was also a picture of Megan Fox that we could have picked for one of these uh, covers. And uh, my producer didn't pull that one. No, no Megan Fox. You didn't get that one. You're not going to get that one, just in case you thought. Instead, you're going to get um, Martha Stewart and um, Kim Petras. Kim Petras, who is a, uh, a dude. Uh, yeah, a, a guy uh, who is saying uh, he's a woman and is on the cover of the swimsuit edition. Now, look, I'll say, for a dude, she looks great, you know? Um, but, uh, I mean, really... There's four covers. First of all, what happened to the day we just pick one person? Now it has to be four because they're so desperate to sell magazines. And I guess what that's what this whole segment is about here, right? Martha Stewart, they know people are going to talk about them putting an 80-year-old on, on the cover of, of the swimsuit edition. But, like, one of the four people they put on the cover of the swimsuit issue is a guy. Like, 25% of available people on the cover is actually not a woman. Like, why can't... Is there a 25% trans? If, if, if the population is 25% trans, maybe you can make this argument. Can you make this argument when it's not the case that 25%? I just don't even understand it. I guess this is their, you know, you get to a point where you're incredibly desperate, and I guess you just do whatever publicity stunt you have to, to, you know, to, to, to sell magazines and get people interested in talking about it. But, like, I don't know. I mean, I know the old adage is no publicity is bad publicity, but maybe we ought to rethink that. It's time to breathe some life into your own backyard this spring with fastgrowingtrees.com. They can let you, uh, we can help 
really do everything you need. They can help plant your dream garden with expert advice and fast, reliable shipping. FastGrowingTrees.com has plant experts who curate thousands of easy-to-grow plants, shrubs, and trees, things that will fit your unique climate. That's a big one because, you know, you buy something. We've had so many trees just die in our backyard because we had a freeze or something. Well, we had the wrong tree in our backyard. FastGrowingTrees.com, you put in your location. They tell you what trees, what plants are going to thrive in your area. It's really, really nice. They can help you with all of the stuff from beginning to end. And with Fast Growing Trees, 30-day alive and thrive guarantee. You know everything will look great, fresh out of the box. Join over 1.5 million happy Fast Growing Trees customers. I'm one of them. We have Fast Growing Trees at our house. They're great. You're going to love them too. FastGrowingTrees.com slash stew is the place to go to get some. Uh, you can get 15% off your entire order right now. 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com slash stew. It's FastGrowingTrees.com slash stew. We spent a lot of time talking about AI over the past, past few weeks, and it really is the biggest story out there. This is the thing that really has more potential to change all of our lives than almost anything else we're talking about right now. And uh, ChatGPT Sam Altman, the guy who's a head of OpenAI, which makes ChatGPT, was in front of Congress and decided to uh, argue for new uh, artificial intelligence regulation. They want a new agency, which, of course, the, the solution to all of our problems is always a new government agency. It always works out well. Uh, now, look, I, you know, it's tough to see really how this is going to stop. I keep, we've been talking to Glenn a lot, even off the air, but I just, I don't know how you stop this stuff, frankly. I mean, I think we're going to wind up having to deal with it the best that we can. Um, you know, I don't know that any of the solutions I've heard so far are actually capable of stopping this. And, I, you know, there's going to be a lot of good that comes out of it, too. So you may not want to stop it. You'd just like to limit it and at least make it not I, instantly kill us all, right? Give us a few weeks to kind of wind down the planet first. So we'll see how that goes. Why not just have ChatGPT write the legislation for us? If we can write some legislation that would, uh, I'm going to try that later on tonight, see if, it, see if it works, and then I can propose it. And they'll probably just pass it. Um, also, uh, the IRS is now testing a free e-filing system that could compete with uh, people like TurboTax. It's like, I, I don't know that this is the right way to go. Seems like maybe a flat tax would be better so that people can just figure it out with like a calculator in five minutes rather than trying to come up with a new system to compete with private systems that already exist and they've spent millions of dollars on those systems. Now you're going to try to undercut them by giving away this stuff for free to navigate this impossible process that you could make a lot easier. You could make a flat tax. You could make it easier. You could do a bunch of different things. Or might I just recommend this right here. Repeal the 16th Amendment. How about doing that? So the easy uh, figuring uh, here on this sort of issue would be my income times 0%. Anyway, that's available now. Uh, use the code STU10 at repeal16thamendment.com. Repeal16thamendment.com. Code is STU10 to save 10%. Okay, so here's what happened. Guy's driving in Colorado. He's going a little bit over the speed limit, maybe uh, 52, uh, 30. Not egregious, but, you know, pretty egregious. And so he gets pulled over, and as he gets pulled over, the officer, as he's walking up behind the car, notices something. There's some action going on in the car. And as he gets closer, he realizes that the driver and the passenger are switching sides. Now, this is a tactic you probably try if you know you're drunk and you just got pulled over, right? Try to put the passenger into the driver's seat and just be like, no, they were driving. And it, maybe it even works unless the passenger happens to be your dog 
and then it's unlikely to work. That's what this guy tried. Uh, the dog, um, as the police statement does say, was I guess he tried to make it seem as if uh, the dog was driving. The dog was given to an acquaintance of the driver to take care of while the party was in jail. The dog does not face any charges and was let go without a, with just a warning, which is a sham. I mean, it like, should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. And we're going to be filing charges uh, on behalf of the driver because the driver tried to run away, by the way, and they say he got 20 yards away, which is not a good. I mean, who knows? Maybe he was, you know, squiggling back and forth. He was hammered, by the way. Uh, we have no idea if the dog is a good driver, though. We'll check in on that.